It's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall is busted. It's 62 long years. Now we've got our backs against the wall. We're going to fight. And we're going to fight hard. It's going to be a do or die effort. It's going to be a determined bit. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. The stadium holds its breath. It's a goal. And the western suburbs erupt. If I see one bloke walk out of here, give the pat the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. They'll hang on the dogs. They are going to hang on. Mark this date down, Western Bulldogs fans. I've been wanting to say this for as long as I can remember. The Bulldogs go through to a grand final. Can you believe it? Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land of the House of Sin and Studio Stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the land, our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Welcome to episode 21 of The Kennel Cough. My name's Caleb Scanlon. I've just noticed you have a little tattoo. Oh, yeah, I got it. Oh, I got it in Bali. Oh. Yeah. You've just uh, embarrassed awesome. me <laughs> in front of our audience. Um, scope for a Western Bulldogs tattoo next? Yes. Prob- look, maybe. Maybe. I don't know, attempting. I couldn't find any trustworthy places to get a Bulldogs fair. tattoo. I did find a lot yeah, of bulldog, like bootleg Bulldogs merch in Bali, but really? none, of, none of it was like bootleg enough to commit to buying. Uh, um, like not funny bootleg, just... Just really bootleg. shit bootleg, yeah, yeah. yeah, just really crap bootleg. Like, there, there was, like, a child's Guernsey and, like, the AFL logo was red. Oh, no, sorry, not red. It was blue or something. And, like, but the Guernsey was red. I don't know. It was just weird. But they still, if you're looking to get a Guernsey that still has the gold premiership badge yeah. in it. Bali. Mm, they've still got them. <laughs> cool. Um, it's our 21st at <laughs> The Doggies of One, which is always good. Makes our show so much funner. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to see our downloads go through the roof this week. Oh, of course. we flogged St. Kilda. That was awesome. Yeah, what an impressive scalp. Yeah. I think because I rewatched the game today, I was lo- following it loosely while I was at a 21st, um, and I kept... Because we, really we don't really hit the lead fully until uh, late in the third quarter. There's like five minutes left where we score... 40 odd points which was ridiculous and I kept w- watching it thinking like hang on when do we when do we lead like when do we smash them when do we start scoring goals and it just happened so quickly and St Kilda looked awful but we looked really yeah. good yeah it was kind of um an interesting game in that it just was not good <laughs> you didn't enjoy <laughs> just, it no not really like I guess especially in on a day where there was a lot of good football it just looked particularly bad and I was kind of like had Twitter open on my phone and everyone's going on about Collingwood, Sydney, and I was like, I will stay committed. <laughs> and I'm watching the Bulldogs play, and I could, I just knew, and you could see, like, the um, score from the other game come up, like, on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. And, like, Collingwood ran front, and then Sydney ran front, and then it evened up, and I was like, go Docs. <laughs> and, I mean, we were winning, so I was good, but at the same time, I was like, this is, if this wasn't my team, there is no way on earth yeah. that this would be the game that Fair I was enough. watching. Fair enough. I mean, the other game at the same time was pretty... Pretty uh, good, was apparently. Was a lot better. Allegedly quite good. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's jump into some pup dates, because the first one was Susan Alberti. Uh, she labelled the, the proposed uh, 
not rule changes, proposed format for the AFL women's season 2019 as insulting. Um, the proposed changes were that instead of it, because they've introduced two new teams, they'd change it to six matches for their home and away, but then also have the two finals. Um, how does the... Well, one, how does the the proposed changes sit with you? And then two, what did you make of Susan Alberti labelling it insulting? Oh, well, I mean, I think everyone can agree that the proposed changes are really dumb. They weren't very well met, were they? No, and I was like, I know that the, nobody ever said, yes, this is what's happening, but obviously somebody got wind of something mm. um, that had been proposed, and that's how it kind of spread. I think Gillan McLaughlin brought it up on SEN. It's like, oh, we're looking into different things. This is one of them. Yeah, because they were thinking about conferences and stuff yeah. like that. But it's so stupid when, like, the difference year to year we've already seen. Like, I mean, I know we only <laughs> have Western Bulldogs went from last to premiers. Exactly. So, so like, how would how you build up a conference? Yeah. Exactly. Like, how are you supposed to build up a conference? There's two new teams. Players are changing all the time. Things like that. Um, yeah, I don't... It, it baffles me so much. Like, everything to do with, like, the marketing and promotion since the second season of AFLW has been really dumb. Well, they started off so strong. Like, we, mm. everyone, I was, me included, like, applauding the AFL for the way they brought, like, brought AFL women's into the competition. But then, since then, it seemed like they're just sort of pandering to the minority of people that yeah, want well, to bring I, it down. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Conspiracy theory? Yeah, a little bit. Nice one. Um, that, I mean, the AFL is so concerned at the moment with the look of the game. And we can see that from what they're doing with the men's. Mm-hmm. And it is because they want to market it overseas. So that's that's part A of the theory, is that yep. they want to market it overseas. That's why we've got AFLX. That's why they're so concerned about how the game looks. And following on from that, with the women's game, it's, it's not particularly marketable if it doesn't look super flashy or whatever. Right. And because it is a lower scoring, like more defensive form of football, because, I mean, women do play footy differently and I mean part of the reason is that they haven't necessarily grown up playing it haven't had 150 years of well they've had 150 years of organised but just very poorly funded and poorly supported football but like yeah so they don't they don't want people to see it this is my theory is that they don't want people to see it until it is like a nice shiny product so it's like first year it was like look what we're doing for women this is incredible all the numbers were boosted like grassroots level which is what they should be looking at anyway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for the second season, there wasn't a lot of promotion about it at all because they kept it on the DL and now they're like, oh, we're going to shorten the season and things like that. Because they know that if they've got a short summer season, the state leagues will have to keep functioning during the winter. And I think, oh, I can't remember which one of the AFOW plays, but suggested that the VFOW would become the premier competition because it does have, like you do have access to elite facilities, um, mm. like with the AFL clubs joining in, like, it's a proper competition, it's structured properly, um, like, things like that. There's more funding and stuff for, like, the kind of competition that it is. Yeah. And, like, the my theory is that the AFL just want to put it on the back burner, wait maybe until some of those under-18s that have had the pathway come through. But it's like, if there's nothing to aspire to still, those under-18s are just going to pick different sports. If yep. they're good enough at soccer or they're good enough at cricket or basketball where there's proper pathways to something... Like, especially when soccer has done so well in, like, the last, like, year, 18 months with people like Sam Kerr and things like that. True. Like, how are you supposed to compete if Sam Kerr is, like, like actually getting the recognition she deserves where you shove, like, you know, Katie Brennan or Daisy Pierce in a corner sort of thing? Yep. So it's just stupid. I kind of had the discussion um, 
on radio before um, with the commentating that I do. But um, I think I said um, that it's like it'd be different if you kind of proposition the AFOW as like an exhibition series still and you're like, yeah, we're going to have six matches of the best players from all the different state leagues. This is what it looks like. You'd be like, okay, well, that's not the best thing ever, but it's something. But the fact that they want it to be like the pinnacle of women's sport and be like, look at all the stuff that we're doing for women, and then they just kind of pull it back. And it gives people like that don't agree with like women, the concept of like women playing football, like validation in their opinions because it is such like like Daisy Pierce said, like a gimmicky product. Yep. Um. Or like I think it was last season or something. Graham Corns, so like a Corns, so yep. like maybe not the you know not exactly a um family known for their brains but um he was like doesn't he thinks that women's footy looks bad they don't it doesn't look right because of like their boobs and all yeah it's just like dude like, remember that was pretty average yeah like what a stupid comment mm. and it's that sort of thing the more you like mate like the more that you other it by like putting 16 aside and yeah. only having really short games or putting it during the summer and then making it only six rounds like your preseason is twice as long as your actual season yeah. Anyway, I feel like I've talked about this enough, but like it's just the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, I, I, like it, I find it funny that you brought up what Graham Corn said because the season is always overshadowed by the negative, and like I fall into the trap as well of always reading the the comments on Facebook pages, oh and it's God. like, um, I deleted just, the Facebook app on my phone. Smart, so I look at stuff smart. Anymore. Like it's just people that it's not for them, and then they want to make it not for everyone else as well, which, yeah, exactly. without realizing that there is. People that love and play and families that are involved, that it's it's quite depressing. But yeah, exactly, and it's so stupid. Like as well, make and like a lot of people they've seen as well that a lot of people who are either um, disillusioned with footy or had fallen out, kind of with AFL, like mm. with the AFL. I mean, obviously as a corporation slash product as opposed to the game of Australian rules football. But like, like because of the way that like people were treated, particularly like women or LGBT IQ people. We're coming back to footy through AFLW. Yeah. Because the fan survey was 40% of fans of that, like, AFL men's mm. had started watching. And they were like, oh, only 40%. But that's in two years. You've had 40% of the original market. Yeah. Plus, whoever else has come back into the game. Because, like, I always think I'm like, oh, I've never really felt out of footy. Like, I felt out of playing it, like, as a kid when, like, they'll, you know, you get kicked off the over. It's like, you girl, you can't play footy with us. <laughs> um, stuff like that. But I never felt going to games because, like, my dad would take me and all that sort of stuff. I've never felt that. But, like, people, some people aren't as lucky as I've been and, like, have felt like that. So it's just, it's like you're alienating such a big market. If you're so concerned with marketing, mm. why would you continue to alienate this, like, lost or potentially like never gained market. Correct. So yeah. I don't know. Um, me out the ball. And back to the article, Susan Alberti said, <laughs> yeah. you've got, uh, you cannot turn something around in two years. You've got to give it time. Um, to quote Gil, we've got a revolution going on here. So yeah, all those new fans, um, hopefully I, I think, um, I saw Daisy Pierce propose that like they, um, start the season early Jan and have it playing during big bash and Oz open, um, so that they can play everyone once and then still have a final series, like a two-game final series. And yeah. I think that'd be fine. But I don't understand why it doesn't just overlap even with the men's. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I like the weekend before. I like. I didn't like it this year, how it went, the game being played at like a really crap time slot, the grand yeah, yeah. final, and then the games But like they, the if they're so, if they want a night grand final so bad, why not do a Friday night women's grand oh, yeah. final and then have the rest of the round? I'd rate that. That'd See? be cool. 
I stole that off somebody online, but like it's it like, makes get sense. this girl into the AFL. Well, get me into AFL house regardless, but like just like <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't understand. Or like there's a lot of the men's coaches being like, the season is too long. We have to play a yeah. lot of people twice, and like and then they're saying that the women don't even get to play people once. So mm. it's kind of like. <laughs> Oh my god! There's a problem solution right there. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't, never mind seventeen five. Just like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, next pop date was Adam Cooney on SEN talking about um, the time spent underneath Brendan McCartney it was a little bit illuminating. In that um, he's quite critical on McCartney, saying that young players McCartney had quite a good relationship with the young players at the Dogs, um, but not so much with the older players. And then towards the end of that two thousand and fourteen season all the young players didn't want to turn up to training. So that's kind of... Okay. Yeah, it kind of... Because, yeah, I haven't had a um, chance to delve into this so much. Uh, it's it's uh, it's not... I think it came from This Is Your Sporting Life, which is like a, a player's voice, Tobin Brothers kind of oh. hybrid. Yeah. But... Um, Tobin... Oh. Yeah, Tobin funeral. Knows. Funeral thing. Um, talks about said I got uh, I get a lot of abuse from Western Bulldog supporters because they thought I wasn't loyal to the football club and that I walked out on the club when things were really tough if they wanted to back him in that's fine but we had to leave after that I didn't want to leave uh, blah 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 Adam Cooney I feel like recently has come after the club a little bit has yeah that's bad why I get it I was never annoyed at him the only person I or at least used to be annoyed with is Griffin because mm. he was the captain I feel like as captain you have a duty Sean Higgins I could understand and Adam Cooney, I could understand. Both yeah. of, like, I mean, Cooney, just his career, like, his form went downhill because yeah. of his injuries. Sean Higgins been able to get over his, although he did just have knee surgery. True. Generally speaking, has been able to get over his injuries and playing a lot better. Um, <clears throat> but that's, just, I think Cooney gets a lot of abuse from Western Bulldog supporters post-career. Because yeah, because he comes after us so, uh, so often. Because like, tries to have hot takes, but they are... <laughs> Very, very lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the VFL women's. Our streak has ended, unfortunately. We were going for seven in a row, but unfortunately lost to the Southern Saints. Um, we only kicked the one goal. It was one goal three to six goals four. Um, Jess That'll Frankie kicked out one goal, so she's continuing her good form, though, which is good to see. That's something, you know, kick 100% of the team goals. Libby nice Birch, one. like, split open her head again. She was Again? I, yeah, I saw it on Instagram. She did it in the Collingwood game throughout okay. the season. I think she got bumped by Chiochi, and Chiochi got a few weeks, but had the, like, oh, yeah, that wore was the, the bandages. Yeah, yeah. The bandages were back Is it the Birch. same bit that split No, actually. Open? I don't think it's the same scar. you know how bones are stronger after they break? Really? I think. <laughs> oh, cool. Don't quote me on that, <laughs> actually. That sounds really dumb now that I've said it out loud. But I think that something is stronger after... I think it's so going off your theory I'm just going to Google that real quick. Do bones, <laughs> bones. I spelled bones wrong. While you do that... Um, stronger when they break. Gold yeah. Ring was best on ground. Gogos, Hannah Scott was back and Lauren Spark right. were back. And they were both named on the best as well. And are bones stronger when um, It says it, people ask on Google, when bones break, do they heal stronger? And the answer is yes and no. <laughs> when you first break a bone, the area surrounding the break forms a callus that hardens and remodels itself into new bone, repairing the fracture. This temporarily makes the fracture site stronger than the surrounding area of the bone, but becomes of equal strength after the healing process has occurred. Uh, so depending on whether or not Libby's head had healed, 
if she there had been, been stronger, a hard callus, yeah. potentially, on it for her. Um, this week, they're playing Hawthorne at Box Hill at 2 p.m. Uh, you commentated, the, oh, you had special comments, sorry, for the Hawthorne game. Yeah. M- did they, they beat Darabin? No, they lost to Darabin Lost to Darabin, pardon me. Yeah, they just didn't, um, they were very, they were easily spooked. Really? Yeah, they were. Like, um, Darabin came at them hard and they didn't know what to do. So, Bulldogs VFOW players, we're getting this podcast out nice and early in the week. Mm. Not because we've got a lot of assignments, but because I wanted to let everybody down at the VFLW team know, well, just hit them hard and they get really spooked and they don't know what to do. Also, they set up badly forward. They pushed way up the ground and then there was nobody home. So, if you could particularly... Is this a you scoop can, for the, the coaching panel? Yeah, yeah. The, if the you, if I hope somebody's listening. <laughs> um, I watched them for bloody two hours in the freezing cold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so they, they pushed up really high and then there would be nobody home. Um, Meg Hutchins tried really hard, but no one else seemed to like really want to take the game by the scruff of the neck and win it, etc. Um, Sarah Perkins, all she does is look for free kicks. Right. No. Mm, she. I mean, she's a. That's why I don't understand. Like, I think. I think she's a. Maybe she's a confidence player. Yep. I don't know, but she doesn't. Um, she just doesn't really. Like, she's easy to shut down. I think when she's on, she's on. When she's not, she finds it difficult to come on. Gotcha. So um, get into her early and just don't let her yeah, I reckon get Sparky into the game. Take her easy, oh, hundred so. percent. Uh, yeah, but should be a Lauren good game. Spark and Han- I mean, we've, yeah, we, well, that was odd why Often. we lost to Saints because yeah. Hannah's got Lauren Spark back, but I reckon they could easily shut down. Hold on. So hopefully Phoebe we McWilliams didn't do that much. So. Mm, hopefully we bounce back. Let's talk about the men's game because, as we said earlier, we don't win very often. So let's yeah. milk this for all it's worth. Um, who caught your eye, or who were you impressed by from the game? Um, I think I was saying I think Johannesson is looking a bit better. He made a few mistakes, like when he would handball, he'd miss or kick, he'd miss, but he follows it up. Mm. I thought he was following it up nicely. Like, yeah, if he did miss handball, he'd run with, make sure he was there for the receive to help out because he'd like they'd lost a bit of time or whatever. Make sure they, the other player didn't get tackled or whatever. Bevo quoted good. it and said that he had a ridiculously good game. So, okay, well, I mean, me and Bevo share a lot of <laughs> opinions on things. I have similar. I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, yeah, I thought he looked good. I think Dunkley is continuing his good yeah. form. Um, that was a pup date I forgot in the tackle this morning. Ah, the tackle, like, thank God. Yeah, sorry, we missed out on Slobbo's rant. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he was like, Dunkley has been, he's up there with McLean and he's up there with Hunter and he's up there with McRae. So yeah. he's in some serious form. Yeah, and how old is he? Like 21? Yeah, 21. Dang, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, Josh Dunkley, 21. Um, how old is McLean? Toby McLean. 21? 22. Well. Almost 23. No, 31st of January. No, ignore me. I forgot that January was the first month of the year. For an episode, can we just read out players' names and we'll just guess their age? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Bonus app. <laughs> Johannesson, what, what age do you reckon? I'm going to um, say 25. Oh, I literally just Googled Johannesson. <laughs> specify which one. Um... Yeah, 25. Yes. Um, also, what annoyed me is JJ had a lot of the ball, 
um, Paul Bruce Johansson. Johansson. Johansson, every single Johansson. time. And I was like, Paul, Paul. <laughs> Paul Bruce. <laughs> Paul Bruce. It's phonetic, my friend. Like, uh, it's not that hard. You look at it, you're like, Johansson. It, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's literally phonetic. It's not, like, it's not difficult mm. to do. I thought uh, um, Ruffy and Trengove looked pretty good in the ruck. Yeah, um, good combo. It did help that Hickey went down, but... Yeah, um, but, I mean, he's not <laughs> fantastic either. True. Like, let's be real. Caleb Daniel was took, like, a... I saw a stat that he took a game-high... Oh, sorry, career-high 10 marks, which I always found funny for a, such a small man to have so many marks. So he's doing a good job. Standing <laughs> tall, you nod. could say. Oh, there it is. What's Poor kid. Who's what? Who, who's the poor kid? Caleb Daniel, you're making fun of his height. Oh, sorry. I thought you something had popped up. You're like, oh, there it is. That's oh no, I thought I was like, there it is. There's the low blow. I, the low blow. Yeah, <laughs> backhanded compliment. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> I thought uh, Fergus Green looked pretty solid. He did actually. Yeah, took I was some very nice proud. marks. They were saying some girl. nice things about him on the commentary, mm. and I realised I had no way of like gleaming the audio other than just like off my phone with like terrible quality so I didn't I didn't do anything about that but they said nice things about him and I thought hey you know who was saying nice things about him months ago yeah exactly they cannot cough I wonder if they I wonder if the commentators do like pre- Game. Obviously, they do pre-game research. Whether they stumbled across like some kennel cough content, like we don't know I much about this Fergus Green guy, and there's not. Oh much. wow, there's a whole two podcasts <laughs> yeah. with him. This guy gets around to the one podcast, but like, yeah, well, they were. I mean, in his first game, they were talking a bit about him, and oh, I can't remember what they said, but it was something that I knew about already, and I was like, Sanders. They were talking about Sanders Football Club at one point. Yeah, I was like, hey. I played for Sanders. Oh, okay. So, like, the, maybe well, they did listen they to the podcast. When they talk about Eltham for Bont, I didn't play, I've never played for Eltham. <laughs> played for the same basketball team, though. So, when they mention his basketball background, I'm yeah. like, hey, same. I'm also that good at, no, I'm not. But, I don't know. I need to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can we edit that part out? <laughs> Keeping it in. No. <laughs> Basketball. I'm dead. <laughs> Let's move on to the reserves. They they had a win. Pardon me. Um, Fletcher Roberts had 26 disposals, five marks, and five rebound 50s. So potentially coming back in. But I don't think we had anyone injured. So not really any room for yeah, someone to come back I in. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, look, just looking at, I mean, Fletcher Roberts and Shane Biggs played really well. But I'm kind of like, see you later. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of, I need to just accept it. Yeah, pretty much. Just in my head, just so, like, I don't do something embarrassing. Mm. When, like, just in case they're delisted. Like, just because I think that Fletcher Roberts tried really hard in the premiership campaign. I was very proud of him. You know, he suddenly had a good season and, like, he got to win the premiership. And I think it was well-deserved. Um, but I always thought he worked better with Hamling, and then when Hamling left, he just, like, lost his form. Shane Biggs, obviously, a pod favourite. True. He'll and, be, like, he my personal missed. hero. Like, um, yeah, look. Well, I mean, if he gets solicited, we can post the pics I have when I met him. So, oh. 
You know, that's something. That's some content to I look forward to. I haven't seen these pics. Are you forward. serious? I show everybody because I think <laughs> in one at... of them we look like a couple. So I Aww. show everyone and ask for their opinion and everyone gives me this really scared look. <laughs> Good grief. Timmy uh, <laughs> yeah, English had 33. Good grief indeed. Timmy <laughs> English had 33 hit outs. Um, and Nathan Malenga McHugh again helped him out in the ruck. So they pinch hit in the ruck. Louis Young had two goals. We're so we're seeing him a little bit more in the forward line, which is cool. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, versing North Melbourne next Sunday down at, at Werribee. You yep. might see Neve walking around. Yep. Say hello. Might, might go, depending on the weather. After Ballarat, I never want to go to an outdoor <laughs> game again. Um, Eddie had, I know I've talked a lot of smack about it, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it does have a roof. It's so true. <laughs> that's the long and short of it, <laughs> folks. Rourke Smith suffered a concussion in the first quarter of the game on the weekend when he hit his head on the ground. He's coming quite well today, but we'll need to be conservative in our management with Rourke over the next week. We'll go through our process of tests with Rourke to make an accurate decision on his return to play plan. Marcus Adams suffered a rotator cuff muscle injury in his shoulder during the Port Adelaide game. During this injury, you do have some loss of strength and function in the shoulder. We're going to work with Marcus this week to determine his availability, but he'd have to come back with full strength and function, so we'll work through a process with that over the next couple of days. Billy Gowes continues to recover really well following his ankle injury. He completed a great footy session on the weekend. He's still got a fair few boxes for us to tick this Thursday, but once he gets through those tests, we'll determine his availability. Tom Campbell has nearly fully recovered following the plantar fascia injury in his foot. He completed a really good training session last Thursday, but did respond with some symptoms following this training session. We want to make sure that he gets some good continuity in his training and playing, so we held him over for the weekend. If he gets through training this week as we expect, he'll return to availability this weekend. That was our medical update, brought to you by the man that I keep forgetting his name. Chris, isn't it? Chris. We record this show... Now that we've recorded earlier, that came out as we were pre-recording yep. the previous bit. So it's good that we can outsource all of our content to <laughs> Western Bulldogs. Chris, people that are getting paid to he's it. getting a Christmas card. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> um, how unlucky must Rock Smith? Uh, how unlucky must Rock Smith be to cop a concussion on the weekend? He just came off the back of a car accident. Yeah, which put him out, but then also had the two ACL injuries before then. Um, and now he's, yeah, out indefinitely with concussion, which sucks. Yes. I wish him all the... Yeah, that's Look, I have nothing to add to that. It just sucks. Like, <laughs> poor kid. He looks so distraught. Yeah. Because, yeah, oh, did the commentary... Jonathan Brown, obviously a man who's had a few <laughs> in, head injuries, and even if you didn't know his reputation, you would have assumed so, because it's obvious. He was, like, literally on the ground. His eyes rolled back into his head, like, twitching. And Brownie's like, oh, I think it's a it's a knee in, it's a knee injury. I was like, <laughs> oh, Brownie, <laughs> this man for real. You copped one in the face. Like, did he have a fractured face for a little yeah, while? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, maybe it affected his yeah, inhibiting his cognitive side. abilities more than we thought. Because <laughs> I was like, it's obviously a head injury. Like, I don't understand. They're like calling for the stretcher, and then he got up and was walking. And they're like, oh, but he can walk. I'm like, because it's a head injury. And then they're like, oh, he's having a concussion test. <laughs> and I was like, somebody get a concussion test on the Fox Woody commentary box, please, because that was so obvious. I, I don't know. And, like, you could see in the replay, he hits his head. They're like, oh, it's a knee injury. I was like, <laughs> like, I understand that he's had, like, a history of knee injury, so you would assume that. But then when you see him, like, eyes well back to his head twitching, like, I... Yeah, and then when he went down to the rooms, he was like, Jake Landsberg was so cute, like, putting his arm I did say that. That was lovely. Oh, my God, so cute. But, like, are you so much smaller than 
Rocksmith and he like can't like Rocksmith's <laughs> trying to walk and he's kind of like holding on to him. That happened to me actually with my own doctor. I got, oh really? Yeah, I got um, injections and he like walked me down to the nurses' room and he's literally like five foot, oh. and um, it was just really awkward. It was actually one of the most horrible experiences I've ever had. So hopefully for Rock Smith, it wasn't that horrible with Jake Landsberger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Know. It's nice to see the caringness mm. of the doctors. Um, but yeah, he looked really upset. Like I mean, as like oh, as you would enough, be, yeah. but like you know when you like somebody looks so upset that you're like genuinely like. I was gen like I was it? upset by how upset he looked, mm. sort of thing. Like also by the injury, but like it was just shitty. Like it, it just sucked. Awful. Um, he seems, seems like a good bloke, you know. Oh, the good bloke factors come in. Yeah, yeah, it has. Hey, talking about good blokes, um, if someone from the Western Bulldogs punched a player like uh, Gaff did on the weekend, would you applaud them? No. <laughs> No. She's putting you on the spot there. No, well, that was I interesting. Was, West Coast fans are awful. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. Like, yes. Again, there's nothing to <laughs> okay. add to that. So, um, Just like West Coast fans, I think, generally, on, you know, there's exceptions to every rule. Oh, for sure. But, generally speaking, West Coast fans, bad people. Not great, yeah. Um, not I mean, they booed Adam Goods, very and then they favors, cheer yeah. Andrew Gaff. And I'm mm. kind of like... And, like, Gaff, although, like, what he... like I mean, obviously what he did was, like, the stupidest, like, terror, most terrifying thing ever. Like, after the game, he was, like... I think he must have, like, blacked out or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's so, like, weird what happened. It was weird. And, but imagine, like, trying to cope with that and then hearing all these people cheer you. You'd yeah. Be like... <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, pretty like, much. What happened when I, I blacked mean, out? Like, even if, like, I was him, even if I didn't get suspended, I probably wouldn't be able to play... You know what I mean? Like, I would... Like, yeah. He's going to... I mean, I assume, Like, he's going to have to go through doing some therapy or something. But I would not cheer no. the player doing that. But I'd like to think that nobody at the Bulldogs would ever do that. I don't think that exactly. we... I'd like to think that we have a good enough culture that we... Like, uh, like I don't want to parrot what people are being like, oh, it's out of character. But, like, it, it's not like he has a history of violent offences. But at the end of the day, like, he did punch... He punched, he punched a in kid face, in the yeah. head. Like, An 18-year-old kid in the head. Yeah, and um, and it's not like Brayshaw looks like, you know, Kieran Collins or Braden Crossy from Gold Coast. Like, he you, looks like a child. you him, yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm assuming he must have said something or just been, like... Because, like, I mean, he's a tagger, like, at mm-hmm. him all day. Yeah. But it wasn't even that late in the game. And I just... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they were like, up by, like, 40 points. Yeah, I'd like to think at the end of the day that we wouldn't have somebody who would do that sort of thing. Mm. But I don't know. It'll be interesting because they didn't – I don't think they came down the – I know this is kind of off topic from the Bulldogs, but I don't think oh, they came – Oh, this has become sports desk. We, I, I don't even intentionally do this. We're talking about um, AFL women's and the, the fixture, and now we're talking about this. But. Yeah, we're going to cover a lot. I mean, it's the end of the season. Bulldogs, <laughs> I mean, we're pretty much Last locked week. 14th position <laughs> yeah. up for like 10 weeks now. Like, there's not much mystery about what's going to happen, I think, for the rest of the Bulldog season. I mean, I was I was watching the game on Saturday night, and I was like, geez, I reckon this is bad. Like, wait till we play Carlton. But, like, it's just some... Um, Trial sh- new rules. <laughs> champagne football. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to think that at the Bulldogs we have a good enough environment that, like, even if you did get, like, that mad about something, that you wouldn't punch someone in the head, like, yeah. black out and, like, punch someone in the head. Right. I'm assuming. I'd like to think that Andrew Gaff blacked out and not that he did it. Like, But, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. If the tribunal gives him anything less than, like, six weeks, they should get, like, something like that is nuts. And if Surely they want to stamp it out, they have to give it, weeks, like, yeah. eight. I agree. I think they should have given Jeremy Cameron more, but I don't know if that's because of my personal 
hatred. Hatred of GWS but and also Jeremy like Cameron. Somebody bled from, like, I mean, Bray Shaw's got a broken jaw and displaced teeth. Like, um, Harris Andrews bled in internally. Mm. I know there's that joke being like, that's good, that's where the blood is meant to be. <laughs> the blood is meant to be internal. <laughs> but um, internal bleeding, like stuff like that, like that is not okay. Like imagine going to work and just getting like... Yeah. Imagine turning up to... Punch in the head. Yeah, you know, you're doing your swim teaching and someone just comes and punches you in the head. I've been punched. I mean, I have been punched in the oh, head really? at work, but, but like tiny fists. Uh, right. Tiny fists. But like... Offsets um, it. <laughs> I've seen a kid punch another kid in the head at work actually. <laughs> And I had to um, explain. Did they get a few weeks? Yeah, pretty much. I kind of had to explain to them, hey, we don't do that. Um, <laughs> and you're going to sit out for the rest of the lesson. But yeah, but that's the other thing. Red cards, I sit the kids out for the rest of the lesson. Mm. And your gaff doesn't get set out for the rest of the game. But um, I used to be a footy umpire. used to umpire under-18s. And I red carded someone once. And it was the most terrifying experience of my life. I think he, their season was a bit like the Western Bulldogs. Their season was shot. And he like was like, well, this is the last game of the season. I'm just going to make this 16-year-old kid hate his life. And he That's came and so bullied scary. me and I red-carded him. And they're like, oh, that means you have to go to the tribunal. I was like, well, then just say I yellow-carded him. <laughs> I don't want to see him again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, that sucks. But, um, yeah, well, really I'd like, like a, to think that yeah. no Bulldogs players... I don't know if that's just being, being naive, but, like, I'd like to think that we have the kind of environment and culture mm. where you would just like not do that but again we don't really I mean no one's really getting tagged at the Bulldogs either mm. speaking of good culture the uh, we tweeted today about the potential of Pat Lipinski getting the rising star nom mm. played a pretty good game but also uh, when I was watching the game I thought Pat Lipinski already had a rising star nom so I was also impressed by Aaron Norton's game I thought you could, yeah, you could give it to either of those two Hopefully. Mate, give it to Fergus Green while you're at it. Yeah, just give it a, a three, three-way... <laughs> they can all um, have it. <laughs> yeah, they can all have it. And then also all come second. Um, Sharon replied to us and said, Pat Lippy was silky on Saturday night. You're not wrong, Sharon. And tagged him in it, so hopefully he sees it. Oh, notice me, <laughs> Pat Lipinski. And also uh, Bryza. Uh, tweeted the Lewis Taylor decision over Bont remains one of the most ridiculous of all time, which yeah yeah. Well, my dad's theory is that they pick like the Brisbane player like Lewis Taylor over Bont play or the Sydney player like Callum Mills over Caleb Daniel because of it being in on north of the Barassi line. Right. So in the less football orientated states, they pick it so they get a bit of press right and coverage and like encourage people to watch their teams. Makes sense. Um, this week we're playing North Melbourne uh, on Saturday night, uh, Sunday, pardon me, Sunday Arvo, at Etihad Stadium, and it's Dale Morris's 250th. Oh, true. I was like, oh, it's not a home game. But then I was like, you know what? It's a heart game. It's <laughs> I'm pointing to my heart right now because that's where Dale Morris lives. Um, we, we were brainstorming our favourite Dale Morris moments, and we both unanimously agreed that this was his best highlight. It's um, from the 2016 Grand Final. Maybe that's what we'll end ah, the podcast shocking. on. We'll end it on this, this tackle from Dale Morris. Good news story. Very unscientific from here. Lloyd just drives it into the middle of the ground. The dogs compel numbers at it. Wood knocks it down to Hunter back inside 50, but it's ill-directed. Jones gets hold of it for the Swans. Hand pass to Mills. Took a while at half-back, but he spent it well. Franklin had it jarred from his grasp by Morris. Naismith had a touch in there, so ah, through Franklin run down by Morris, who's been epic. Tom Boyd from long range. This would be fitting. It bounced on its point. Wow. The fates, the gods are with the dogs. 
direction in the goal square. It cancels out the score review.